Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Blue, White and Yellow podcast from Leeds United Live, giving you the in-depth analysis on all the big talking points from Ellen Road. Good evening, folks. Welcome to Ellen Road with myself, Baron Cross and Joe Donoghue. And uh, again, we've got another last gasp goal to discuss uh, that, that brings some points in for Leeds United. Um, it was Leeds United 2, Brentford 2 in the end. If you, if you haven't followed the game, I know it wasn't live on TV today, so you've, uh, if you're following legal means, you've had to either follow our live blog or listen to the radio, or, or both even. But, yeah... Oh, it's hard to say a point gained because it feels, still feels a bit like two points dropped despite the manner of it but I think if you're going to draw a game Joe 2-2 that's yeah. probably the, the best possible way you could do it yeah it's, it's the, the way you'd write a 2-2 draw you know you go 1-0 up and then all looks lost when Brentford go 2-1 up in the second half and then the striker that's been out for three months that gets cheered onto the pitch swings a left leg at it and, and pokes it in in the 94th minute when the goalkeeper's up at a corner so yeah it's kind of how you'd want it to happen if you were going to draw but I, I, I know what you mean it does feel a little bit like points dropped because of the, the, how, how dominant that first half was at least the last half an hour of it um, it's yeah I mean at the end of the day you have to look at the bigger picture I think or at least I'm going to and you know Brighton Palace and Brentford now three games that Leeds couldn't afford to lose and they haven't lost any of them picked up five points from those three um, I think we've seen an improvement in performances I think it's fair to say um, but yeah the important thing was not losing and, and they didn't I think five points is probably the bare minimum maybe four was the bare minimum coming out of those the three games we've just had given what's to come which we can talk about at the end of the video but yeah I mean Joe's absolutely right they they should have won that game and we came into the second half thinking they needed to get that second goal yeah. I mean they did. The play, nobody needs us to say that everybody everybody knows they need a second goal the players would have known they needed a second goal with the, the dominance that they had um, but it just didn't come and ultimately it was around the, the Phillips injury that they just seemed to lose I mean it felt like they were already losing a bit of control with Phillips on the pitch and then the confusion around him sort of staying on and then coming off and ultimately the, the equaliser came whilst he was on the pitch and he was virtually gesturing to come off. Yeah. You could almost see him saying, ref, you blow the whistle, I want to go off. He did it practically as soon as he came back on. He ran on and then gestured he to the He just knew his leg wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Bielsa, Bielsa has acknowledged that post-match and said that, yes, it did have an impact, but you know we can't have any excuses and the, the, the players should have been able to adapt to that issue. But clearly, if Phillips is at, is at full tilt, then perhaps the space isn't there on the edge of the box for, for Baptiste to, to fire home. Um, but yeah, I mean... Bamford, of course, will be the narrative. It was, it was the narrative he would have wanted. Um, he, he couldn't have sort of shanked it anymore. Like it was, it was such an instinctive yeah. reaction finish, wasn't it? He just wanted to get anything lower leg yeah. on it in the direction of the goal, and thankfully, it's, it's gone in off. Did it actually hit the crossbar? Yeah, yeah. In, off the underside of the crossbar. Bielsa described it as a goal scorer's goal, didn't he? I thought that was nice. He said, "The thing you <laughs> that's can, a nice way of putting it." Yeah. <laughs> the thing you can um, just stood on the back post. You can enjoy is the opportunism of it. And I think that's, you know, it's true. 
I think it's unlikely you, you have another player who's going to react that instinctively to know to just get a touch on it uh, in this squad. Um, but yeah, he, he does. He, he takes a nick off, I think, Rico Henry and Luke Ayling's heads. I think Luke yeah. Ayling's been credited with the assist. Which Has he probably, got it? Yeah, considering he did get a single <laughs> one last better? season. He didn't get a goal or assist last season. He scored an absolute raker on the, uh, on the opening day and managed to get an assist for just a, an innocuous flick of the head. Um, but yeah, it's it's the way that Bamford would have wanted it. I think I didn't know who'd scored to, to begin with. I was just, just shouting Bamford at you. <laughs> there was just ca- there was just chaos because without skipping a beat, he whips his shirt off. He's kind of twirling he's it around he? his he's head, gone. and then it's up in the air, and it's just I, I couldn't re- I couldn't work it out. I thought it might be Urente. I thought that's, <laughs> that's more that's more fitting of Urente to whip his shirt off. You know. Doesn't know how to celebrate properly. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was Bamford, and I think as soon I mean as soon as I realised that, I just thought. What a you know what a narrative that is. Cause the scenes around the stadium were incredible. Oh, I mean, incredible. The, the Norman Hunter stand were just going absolutely wild. It, it, it was the kind of celebrations where you couldn't work out who was stood up, who was sort of floating, who was jumping, <laughs> floating, who was on yeah. the floor. Yeah. You couldn't work out where the where the tiers were or sort of where the seats began because it was just a, a massive heaving bodies. Like an old-fashioned seventies surge towards yeah, the goal. Yeah, it really was. Um, so I think I've seen a few Twitter people it hasn't taken people long to work out the uh, the late goals and the benefits of those I think it's five points have been gained from Rodrigo's late penalty at that end um, Rafinha's late penalty at that end uh, to win the game and then of course Bamford's late equaliser there and yeah I think like we said I think if, if they're going to draw the game 2-2 that's the way to do it and they have a week now to look ahead to Chelsea and I think the way has been paid for Bamford to probably start that game I think Bielsa will be happy with what he saw from him and I think yeah. in that setting against that quality opposition he's going to need as, as many strong bodies as he can and I mean Joe the, the injuries it's just it's just endless isn't it you get two as back. soon as they get two back they lose two and it's not just any old two it's, it's, the, yeah. it's the captain and the talisman yeah it's arguably just endless two, if you had to pick two players that you didn't want to lose as Bamford and Alien are coming back it would be the centre half after 15 minutes and your, your defensive midfielder in, in Phillips and Cooper um it was. I mean, we'll start with Cooper's um, ball comes in from the left, and he kind of goes to clear it, and with his with his right leg, he kind of, uh, replays looked as though he just landed on it. Yeah, there's nothing awkwardly. really. There's no like horrendous jolting, no, or no. you can't see his knee sort of slip out of place or yeah, anything. It just looks awkward the way his his weight has sort of gone over the pivot of his knee. Just I mean, he knew straight away. It. You know, he, yeah. went, he went down straight away. Physios came on, didn't move for a while, but got up and then walked around the edge of the pitch as he came off. Didn't wasn't moving particularly well. Yeah, he was at least um, he was at least sort of hobbling. He wasn't yeah. on a stretcher or anything. Yeah, so I mean, that, that, that's, that's a silver lining to take from it, if, if you can say so. Um, Phillips's was he kind of seemed to go down off the ball. Yeah, um, I, I don't remember there being a collision. And then he seemed to be getting a bit of treatment. Was it was, lower? It was behind his left knee. Yeah, behind his left knee. At the top of the calf muscle. Um, which I mean might be a flare up of something existing, but might, yeah. you know might be something new. But came but, off briefly and then kind of we were a bit relieved to see him come back on yeah I think the fact he was able to come back on is at least promising in some way yeah because um, yeah. it, it wasn't if it was serious it wasn't it was, excruciatingly bad that he had exactly. to go off and stay off you know if it was something to do with his ligament in his knee <coughs> um, that would have been you know you wouldn't have been able to walk on that never mind carry on so no. I think yeah again another small silver lining to it but the beauty is far from ideal. the beauty is there's a week now as well there is no midweek game so they do have a, a week until the Chelsea game and Bielsa, of course, it was far too soon for him to know what was really going on post-match. So we'll hear from him on Thursday, I think, and get an update. And hopefully, if they're both okay, then the team should look pretty much full strength going into um, 
it's an exciting Stamford Bridge, which we fully well know it needs to be. Um, it's about to the start of the game, and um, Ailey was the man who was given the run to start. Um, clearly, Bielsa had seen enough from him, and Bamford, Bamford didn't. Um, I think that was justified in the end, would you say? Uh, I mean, the way the game panned out, yeah. I think Ailing was kind of back, I don't want to say back to his best, it's very no. cliched, but it's, you know, he was. He was, as Bielsa said, he was satisfactory. Yeah, he you was know, steady. He was, he was fine. You know, he was, he was a solid seven out of ten. Um, you know, he, he started right back and then went to, to, to central defence um, when there was a bit of a reshuffle after Cooper went off. So, I, I was happy with his performance. You know, he didn't seem to be off the pace. Didn't seem to have right. lost any sharpness, um, which is encouraging. Just a few sloppy, sloppy passes, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, think, especially uh, when, they were, when they were really pushing and stretching to try and get that, that second goal, you could tell that they were sort of trying a bit too hard and he did get yeah, a few yeah. passes interceptor, which left the team a bit short. But but generally, yeah, I think he kept it well with play. Um, Lasted the 90 minutes, Yeah, I yeah. forget. Yeah, but he took, he took a hell of a, a blow to the... It looked like the throat in the end. Yeah. I think the way he was holding it afterwards, a sort of chin and throw. He took one right in the face, and that was when Brentford were right on top. And I think that might have been a, a second or third goal at that point for Brentford, and took it right in the face. But but finished the goal, uh, finished the game, uh, like Joe says, and, and got the full ninety. And I think again, I think he's there to stay now moving forward, which which will strengthen the defence no end. He also scored. He almost, almost scored. Rather, oh yeah, say, what's a header? First brilliant half. header, sort of left-footed cross comes in from a I think it was a free kick. Uh, and just nods it towards goal, and it's on target. It's, it's in, that was second half, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels, like, it, goal, it feels yeah. like an eternity ago, that. <laughs> I can't believe that was second half. Yeah, yeah hell of a save from Fernandez, yeah, wasn't it? Fernandez in the Brentford goal wasn't wasn't great today. He was a bit no. a bit flappy at corners, but that save, it was one where he clawed it off the line. It was great. It, it was proper top corner. Yeah, flying yeah, in top yeah, corner, the good. header. You can see, we had, a, we had a great view of it. It was, it was going in, um, but... And then he follows up with a second header, not, not afraid to put his, his head in where it hurts. But yeah. Then, as, as Bamford scores at the end, his final act of the game was to G up the, the Norman Hunter stand. Sort of, I don't he know. was enjoying as much as Bamford was, yeah, wasn't he? Because he, he's was. been out just as long, yeah. and he was absolutely loving it at yeah. the scenes. He, he went behind behind the goal, started sort of Ging them up, <laughs> and then did. I don't know if people saw what Thomas Socek did yesterday for after West Ham beat <coughs> Chelsea, and kind of went along the crowd at the London Stadium and clapped everyone's hands. Um, Ailing was effectively doing that just without physically engaging with the fans. <laughs> he was he was kind of sidestepping along in celebration, which was good to see because you know it's, it shows the, the the spirit in this group. You know, it shows they the, knew how big it was, didn't they? That goal. Yeah, they oh, knew that if, if they'd lost that four points from those three, it's very hard to dress that up positively. I mean, because Brighton was horrendous. Winning on Tuesday felt like the perfect platform, and then to draw or even lose the day would have just felt so flat going into into those games to come. Um, daunting, I think. It yeah. Oh yeah, daunting, absolutely. Because you just, you just, again, you're constantly taking two steps forward and then one step back with Leeds this season. They just yeah. can't seem to get that rhythm and momentum going. Um, so the Leeds goal, the opening goal, which we haven't even touched upon at all yet. Tyler Roberts, who, by my by my standards, you know, I'm I'm one of Roberts's critics and find it quite hard to kind of look at what he brings to the team. But today, I thought he was pretty good. And, and once he got the goal, his tail was up. And yeah, yeah. when Roberts is confident, he's he's he's, he's so much better. I know that. Everybody in all walks of life do whatever they're doing better when they're confident with it. But with him as a professional footballer, the, the amount of criticism he has to put up with and, and go through, you know, it's, not, it's not easy. And he's, he's still a very, very young man. But when he's really confident and he, and he feels like he can do things and pull them off, he's a tricky customer. I mean, I'm not saying he's a world beater, but he's a very, very tricky player. And it caused problems good. today. He carried the ball well, he pressed well. 
his link-up play was better, and crucially, his final product was a lot better. You know, he actually provided some fairly decent chances around the box for his teammates, yeah. and took the goal well. I mean, yeah, definitely. Do you want to let people know what you were saying about Rafinha's crossing? <laughs> so, as, as, as he scored? As the cross came in, seconds earlier, Rafinha tried to put a cross in, it failed to beat the first man, and it was more a point of, you know, the, the crossing in general on the first yeah. half, because it did keep being cleared away by, by the Brentford Pontus, defenders. Pontus, yeah, Pontus. And it, as I leant over to Baron, as Rafinha crossed in what turned out to be the assist for Roberts' goal, and said, <laughs> the crossing has been abject today, or the delivery has been abject. And as the word abject came out of my mouth, Tyler Roberts <laughs> stuck in. out a leg and, and slid in and scored. So it um, just goes to show that, you know, you might, might be able to sit in the press box, but you don't always get it right. <laughs> Very uh, rarely do we get it right. Sometimes horrendously wrong, but the, you noticed actually that Pontus sort of, motions it away from the ball as it's coming in he pulls out of it yeah he, he throws a leg and thinks oh no we'll let that go through but we can't really work out the logic of that so he's either he's got, the, goal, he's, maybe, he's got he's thinking yeah he's got a lot of yeah exactly yeah he's either thinking I'm going to connect with this too late and jab it in yeah or he thinks he's so confident that Fernandez or a teammate have got it covered that he thinks yeah. it's going to carry through but hindsight's a wonderful thing and in the moment he has to make a decision and he's paid to make that decision but for us looking at the video you kind of think just put your foot through it. If you've got the chance to do it as the first man, yeah. put it out for a corner. You know, if in doubt, put it out. We, we've all been on Sunday league pitches. <laughs> That's the age-old saying. Just stick it into, out for a out for a corner because clearly, as the goal shows, he didn't know what was going on behind him and he couldn't have been confident with, with, with what Roberts was doing. So, slides in and, and the goal really. I think even before that moment, Leeds were were finally getting some control of the match. I felt it was a little bit a fractious game yeah. sort of around the Cooper substitution that kind of took any of the, the momentum out of the match and it was hard for there to be a real flow to it it was a bit end to end without the goalkeepers really having to do too much but Leeds were, were right on top by the time the goal came and, and didn't look back and I think that's the moment where they had to get the second goal and they yeah. didn't and you know again you know, I think Rafinha, Harrison and James so I, I gave them all pretty fairly mediocre marks to the ratings you know if we're looking for reasons why they haven't won the game, I don't think the Leeds defence was abysmal. I, I just think, again, the attack is not doing what it needs to. Yeah. You know, Rafinha, as, as much as he's willing it and wants it to happen, you know, again, wasn't at his mercurial best today. Um, didn't quite have that impact in the final third, as we have seen him doing. James and Harrison, just, just right back to, to square one for them. I just... I don't know, what, what were your thoughts on those three? I just don't, didn't see what they were bringing today. I, I feel like they, got, they were good on the ball, but it was just that finding the pass into Roberts or finding the pass into Bamford or somebody yeah. who could create some danger. I think. I suppose Brentford deserves some, say, some credit for defending. Credit, yeah. credit has to go to Brentford because as soon as they got their two goals, they decided, right, that's enough for us, we're shutting up shop. And they did. You know, they, they settled back into a back five um, and their, their, defend, their, their midfield players took on sort of an, an additional defensive role. and it was then difficult to break them down, it was difficult to find that space in between the lines where you could play into someone's feet like a Roberts or a Bamford who could then turn and maybe find some space to shoot. So I, I sympathise with them but you know we, we've seen them do it before, we've seen them unlock defences before so you know this, no disrespect to Brentford, you know they're a well coached team but you know, this wasn't Man City, this wasn't Liverpool, you know this, yeah. this wasn't a team with you know, an elite coach and, and, and elite defenders so there should have been gaps. Um, and I just think at times, I did think late on in the second half before that, that Bamford goal, were they being brave enough with the, the passes into the final third? You know, it, it felt like it sort of, the, the attack 
came it was Dallas on the left and then came all the way back around and you'd have James on the right and then it would go back around to Harrison on the left and it kind of went in that, that cyclical way didn't it yeah. where the ball didn't come in and whenever it did it was cleared and it was kind of wave after wave of tepid they attack. Had, they had men behind the ball and they were wasting time, basically. They oh, did a yeah, Wolves. Yeah. If anybody remembers the, the Wolves game, that was what Brentford were doing. You know, they were going down off the ball every single opportunity. Sergi Canos, I mean, public enemy number one today, by getting the goal and also just spoiling the match throughout the game, even when they were behind, he was wasting time. And you kind of think, well, why are you wasting time? You're behind in the game. Um, it did take a missile um, celebrating the, the second Brentford goal and... I can't legislate for what it was that was thrown to him or, or how much it did impact him, but he went to the deck, held his head, and then within 30 seconds was laughing and joking with his teammates. So make of that what you will. But they they were just as as most teams will do when they're when they're ahead away from home. They were they were spoiling the game where they could, and it was hard for Bamford to get get on the ball really before the goal. He came on and of course had all the energy and wanted wanted to be the match winner, but. Just before that goal, just couldn't really get on the ball at all, to be honest. He had seven touches. Wasn't really falling to it. Was that what it was? Seven touches, yeah, three passes, and obviously one shot, which saved the day to an extent. But yeah, that, I think that kind of reflects just how difficult it was to, to access Bamford in that in a, in a dangerous position. Yeah. Forshaw and Click? Um, yeah, I mean, Forshaw was good. Uh, Click, Steady? Yeah, yeah. He, he was, if he was good in previous weeks, he was steady today. No, it wasn't a case of he wasn't running the game. They, did, they like, didn't have the control of the game, did they? No, no, he wasn't running the game like he was in previous weeks. But again, another ninety minutes for him. That's something that you know is, is taken for not, granted now, aren't we? Yeah, it's not to be sniffed at when you consider that he's played. Was it last Saturday, and then Saturday, Tuesday, Tuesday Sunday, and now Sunday? There are three games in the space of eight days. He's come through all ninety minutes, um, which I mean. He did an interview with the BBC in the week where he said, you know, just just knowing the, the relief after the Leicester game that I could complete 90 yeah. minutes. You know, again, it would be that, that relief that he was able to complete three consecutive 90 minutes is, is something to be, to be you know, shouted about. Click, I think, had a difficult one when he came on for Phillips. I think, you know, anybody who saw the game, anybody who watched the highlights will see that the, the rhythm of, of, the, of the team was disrupted uh, and... Brentford were on top, and it was difficult to um, it was difficult to, to gain that foothold again. So, Click, I think he's had a, he's had a rough couple of games. Um, didn't really have the same the impact that you'd, that you'd want want him to have. Let's do some shout-outs for people: uh, Adam Foster, Mark Gale, uh, Colin Legal uh, is watching. Dennis Weir is watching. Uh, Danny Rooms, the afternoon fellas. How did we not win that game? Yeah, I think we've, we've addressed that the best way we can. Um, I think Brentford defended fairly well. Losing Phillips was a blow. Losing Cooper was a blow. But Leeds just, they just didn't have that cutting edge. Not yeah, the, the second when they were on top. They have to get that. Um, oh, Mike Adams is, is absolutely unloading again here. Um, six points from Mike Adams. Right, Mike, I've got a tiny window to look at these from. Mike Adams, the referee was expletive. Uh, he never even stopped the game at six minutes like the refs in the other matches. Did they stop it in the other matches? I'm not sure if they did. I know they were doing the applauses. There was a, a fantastic applause today, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I was really pleased was, was well observed. Uh, but Rafinha, is that now five? No. Uh, Rodrigo no, and Rodrigo's. Cooper were the dodgy ones, yeah, weren't yeah. they? Rodrigo and Cooper were the ones at risk. Uh, Hope Cooper and Phillips' injuries are not too serious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, don't start this. Did I notice Bamford holding his ankle at the end? 
Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see that either, but I, <coughs> I hope that wasn't the case. But if he was, I think you've got to acknowledge that after so long out, there's going to be a lot of tightness in his body and where these things have healed up. He's going to need to stretch them out and have a bit of time with them. Uh, number six, what I'm saying to you, we've not talked about this yet. So yeah. uh, post-match, we didn't really, if we're honest, we didn't spot it until the camera showed it. Uh, Victor Orta absolutely losing his head in the front row of the director's box. So all we can say is what we saw. So he's, he's absolutely going mad at somebody or some people. If you, uh, I'm trying to imagine where you'd be stood. So if you are stood in the um, John Charles stand as we are, so there's the back of the John Charles stand and you're looking towards the pitch. Orta was looking sort of down towards the right. Towards the away end. But so you've got, you've got the away, uh, home fans yeah. immediately in front of the director's box and to the right. Then you've got the tunnel and then you've got the away fans on the far side. So we can't say who he was shouting at, but it was in that general direction. So it's either home fans, tunnel area or away fans. From the, the footage would suggest it's not the Brentford uh, directors. They seem to be fairly bemused and looking forward, not really engaging with Orta on their left. And all we can see is that he's shouting and mouthing the word shut up uh, in somebody's direction. And you've got Angus Kinnear, Paul Bell, uh, Gabby Ruiz, the head of European scouting, they're all in the mix there, sort of trying to hold him back and calm him down and ultimately manage to. But yeah, the camera showed it and something really, really upset him. Um, but obviously, we're too far away to really hear what was said. Um, Derek Simper is watching, I remember, not good for one's health, Baron. Yeah, I mean, these, these late goals, fantastic for the storyline, but even for us, we're doing last minute rewrites. I mean, I had the ratings all ready to go. <laughs> And then a goal like that just changes the complexion of things completely. Um, we talked about it briefly earlier, but that momentum is going to be crucial now, isn't it? Because yeah. if, we're, if we're being brutally honest, the next four, it doesn't get a lot harder. I mean, when you say that Arsenal at home is the easy game, or, is it, or the easiest game yeah. of the four, it says it already, doesn't and it? And Arsenal in form as Arsenal well. Arsenal banging form, yeah, banging form. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Chelsea, we know the task at Stamford Bridge is going to be very difficult. Um, and they've got a point to prove now because yeah. people are questioning them. Yeah, uh, they've got a point to prove. Um, they've got to try and keep pace. They, they've, you know, relinquished their grip on the, the top of the table. Yeah, these weekend. top three can't afford to slip not, up, can they? Not in any game. That, no less can they afford to slip up in two consecutive games. Yeah. So that'll be difficult for their uh, for, for Leeds on uh, on next Saturday uh, down in the capital. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you look at that Arsenal game as. Well, you've got City away, haven't you? Yeah, straight City, after, straight City after away midweek. Straight no, after. No rest for the wicked. Um, yeah, it's, it's, they're going to be difficult games, but you, you do get the impression that that group are going to go into the dressing room tonight. They're going to go home galvanised. You know, they're going to go into training this week and think, you know what, we're not down in the dumps. You know, we've, we've been challenged there by Brentford and we've, we've shown that we can come up with something. And I think that unity and that team spirit is going to be it's going to be important. We saw that with Man City away last season. You know, the, the willingness to, even though going down to 10 men, to stick with the, with the, with the plan, to stick with each other. Um, and they're going to need that for the next few games. They're going to need that at Stamford Bridge. They're going to need that at the Etihad. They're going to need that for Arsenal at home and then, and then Anfield on Boxing Day. So, yeah, difficult run. I think... I think if, the way you want to look at it is that these games there's nothing to lose you know, nobody is expecting yeah. Leeds to do anything in this game so I, know, I know Leeds stayed up last season and they finished ninth and got some very good results against those sides but you've got to approach it from the point of view of a newly promoted side and look at these matches and think that anything they get from them is an absolute bonus and 
yeah, three out of four away games is not easy, especially when it's the toughest teams in the league. But that home game against Arsenal has got to be one that they target and look and, and hope that Ellen Road can get them through. Because again today, Joe, when it was going a bit south in the second half and Brentford were on top, the crowd definitely responded, didn't they? Yeah, they, could, they could sense it was coming and they tried their best to bring the volume. There was, there was one instance where sort of Leeds had you know, been peppering the box with crosses which just weren't good enough. The ball came out to Llorente and he had acres of space in front of him. And it seemed odd that you'd get a massive roar for something as innocuous as the central defender taking the ball into his care in the in the centre circle. But but there was, you know, it was it was you know we talk about the ball being sucked into the goal. That was one of those moments where you thought, you know, these players. I mean, for sure in the week he said genu- something along the lines of genuinely I don't hear any other stadium like this. Um, you know, it feels like the, the the hand on your back pushing you forward. And. Ultimately, today it was. You know, today I mean, we saw with how the players celebrated with the fans at the end. It's it's a collective effort, and the twelfth man is a is a terrible, terrible cliche, but <laughs> it, it it does make a difference. You know, you, yeah, you don't get this everywhere. It's definitely made a difference this season. I've noticed that in comparison to what I saw in the championship, and even obviously there's no fans last year, but in, in the championship it was it definitely wasn't quite like this. I think that the the urgency and the the need to get out of that league meant that things did turn quite quickly, and that the fans were quite quick to to get onto players' backs because of how long they've been in the Championship for but there's so much credit in the bank with this unit that the, 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 the crowd wants to take every opportunity to support them and get behind them and it, it definitely does make a difference um, we have not talked about uh, Peter Coote too much but Peter Cunningham does ask how bad is that ref did you notice that today did you did you notice a few and thought you know what's he's just lost a bit of control yeah I think that's the, that's the operative word control I don't, I don't think he always had control of the game and you know, there were, Brentford were taking liberties with where they were taking throw-ins at times, uh, taking free kicks, the time-wasting. It got to the point where he had to do something about the time-wasting yeah. really He didn't stop it out, did he? And, yeah, he didn't, start, he didn't take a hard line with it early on, which meant that Brentford, that was, that was an open invitation for them. Um, ultimately, it didn't matter in the end, but there were a few decisions where you thought he's been, he's been pushed around a little yeah. bit here, um, was, was David Coote. So, yeah, I'm... I wasn't overly impressed, no. <laughs> to say the least. Being diplomatic about it, we were on a, we were on Pontus Watch today. Not a huge amount to write him about, but I think the, the early the early signs were there, and that he won the toss and turned the teams around. And, and he knows full well what the Leeds tradition is and which end they normally attack first. And he could he could have taken the chance not to really t- to twist it, but he did, and, and he wanted to kind of make a point that he wasn't here to make friends. There was one or two tackles where he went down a bit easy, holding his ankle, and was looking for the referee for a bit of protection, and, and wasn't going to get it. Uh, but not too many storylines. I'm, I'm assuming he must have spoken to some of the Leeds players behind behind closed doors in the tunnel, as we've seen him do in the past. Um, It'd be nice to see whether he spoke to, uh, to Adam <coughs> Forshaw, because um, obviously yeah. it'll have been a long time since yeah. they played together, and he'll have known he'll have known Forshaw what he's quite gone well through. Yeah, and got what he's gone through. So it'd be interesting to see whether whether that happens. Um, we will uh, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Uh, we've got a full week now until Chelsea's are. I do hope we'll get on, on a Facebook Live at some point in, in the next week to see you guys and maybe field some questions. As I say, there's Bielsa on Thursday, so we'll, we'll bring that one live to you. Any 23s next week? Uh, no, uh, the next 23s game, I think, is PL Cup against Wigan. Wigan. And then at home against Everton on the 20th. So, uh, yeah, a few, few games... For the 23s later on this month. A week off for Gellhart to recover then? Yes, yeah, got a, picked up a dead leg on Friday night uh, against, um, who did they play? Leicester. Leicester, Leicester. Yeah, Leicester 23s. Um, he was meant to play 90 minutes but already played 45. 
don't think it's serious, but he wasn't in the squad today, which you can understand that he picked up a, a bit of a knock uh, on Friday. But yeah. yeah, hopefully he can recover in time. Well, if we don't see you before, uh, we will see you at Stamford Bridge next Saturday for the three o'clock kickoff against Chelsea, when hopefully Leeds can't upset the odds entirely. Thanks for joining, folks. Enjoy the rest of your evenings.